0: Uh, hello, and welcome to David Foster Wallace and Gromit, the only officially unlicensed Infinite Jest fan cast, uh, where each week we discuss David Foster Wallace's seminal classic Infinite Jest, as well as uh, culture at large, and uh, a, a short story, a novella or novel of our choosing. My name is Jared, with me as always is Steve. Uh, you know, once more, for the uh, second week in a row now, we are broadcasting live and direct from our respective lockups, me at the uh, at the pen as we call it, uh, Washington State Penitentiary here in Walla Walla, Washington. Uh, of course, I've, I've asked my cellmate, Gary, to give me an hour of, uh, of time to record the podcast. He's off in the yard. He's maybe getting me a little snack. I'm excited to see what he's going to bring me. And Steve, of course, you're recording from Ypsilanti State Mental Asylum, uh, Mental Hospital. And uh, I believe you have the nurse helping you with your AV setup this week. Is that correct?
1: Well, this week, it's uh, the, the doctor is actually in here <clears throat> and uh, set it up and locked the door from the outside and um, yeah I was able to scoot in here in my wheelchair so
0: he sort of said you're podcasting whether you like it or not
1: It was it was forced as you know the as you know, the millions of listeners I mean, Top rated in Romania, top rated worldwide. Um, so, frankly, we we you know there were plenty of listeners already at the at the state hospital, and so I was effectively uh, effectively forced simply simply so that so that half of the patients could could find out what was going on. Uh, in Infinite Jest. And mm. so they use this as a resource for their, let's call it homework. Sure. And they can, uh, and so they discuss Infinite Jest.
0: It's really incredible um, the kind of new fan base that, that our lockup, our, our internment has afforded us. Uh, a lot of people don't realize this, but currently we hold the, I mean, they, they came by my cell the other day to provide me the plaque. I don't know if they, they visited you yet. We now hold the Guinness World Record for, uh, you know, number one podcast with the most, uh, let's call them, uh, actively incarcerated felons and, uh, and, uh, and, and actively interned, uh, mental, let's call them asylum inmates or, or patients maybe, uh, having listened to one podcast and that's, uh, somewhere around the hundred thousand or 150,000 mark. And I just got to say, thank you so much to everyone here at Walla Walla who has reached out to me. Uh, saying we love the podcast, we love what you're doing. We we loved your ideas for Operation Greenland. You know, uh, really a, an icon uh, is what we've been made into, and it's uh, it's an incredible opportunity, and I'm so thankful for it. Steve, how sure. are how sort of the sure. reaction that you know the temperature on the ground over there at Epsilanti State?
1: I'm not good, um, frankly. If I may speak frankly, I I, I still have no legs and uh um, well
0: hold on you have legs they're just not functioning at this moment you have no operative lower limbs
1: let me put it this way uh i had to have them removed oh boy so um oh boy. yeah it's not been good i've i've really been struggling these days um <clears throat> what other news i mean you know sometimes i can scoot over to the water cooler with my mm-hmm. motorized wheelchair and I can uh, visit with people, and some of them say, you know, some of them don't say it. Most, most, most don't say anything. They, they don't sure. know who I am, though they listen to the podcast. But it's, uh, it's mandated from a legal perspective right. by the hospital itself. And then others say, "Oh, aren't you, aren't you Jeff's roommate?" And I say, "No, not anymore. I'm in, you know, solitary confinement after the." The window incident and i guess people know what that is these days so i don't have to say too much about that yeah um but they've been listening along
0: they're they're aware of what's been going on from the podcast you know they might have you know last week you were talking about they were afraid that you were trying to kill yourself that's why you got put in solitary this week there you know you're being approached by people who are well aware that you know you threw jeff out jeff threw you out nurse threw you out you know you've had a a sort of ongoing window escapade
1: Sure, and uh, and actually, uh, while we're on that topic, uh, the worst news of all actually is that Jeff's gone.
0: Yeah, so top of the hour, we should probably just let people know we have good news and bad news. Bad news is sort of out of the bag. Chef Jeff has escaped. Uh, he well either escaped or he's been aided and bedded by uh, someone else at the asylum, but he is no longer. Uh, as far as I,
1: yeah. as far as I can tell, he just disappeared. That's what they've told us. I mean. By the way, the construction crew actually after we recorded that you know last week, uh, the construction crew told us that you know, hey, yeah, I I had to be in you know in a locked room uh, because of that window. Obviously, they're keeping me away, so I was held in a locked room in the basement or ten floors in, and uh, yeah, apparently they were going to fix it the next day, fix that window. And Jeff, Jeff saw an opportunity and he took it. So uh, I, we, we woke up. We went to uh, morning activity, it's called, which is breakfast, I suppose. Sure. And uh, they told us, the chef's out of the bag. Mm-hmm. You know, chef Jeff's gone. Yeah. And that's really all I know up to this point. Um, chef, chef made it out. Uh, and they're trying to figure out i mean he was one of the few one of the few people not in a wheelchair or Mm -hmm. impaired in that sense sure uh i only know about our incident let's say and uh chef's gone so
0: yeah so it would appear that chef jeff is gone no record of him seems to exist anymore i pulled some strings over here to uh you know gain access to some of the more pertinent files, some of the more pertinent information. And uh I mean based on just the name, just based on Jeff uh, alone, there has not been uh nor uh you know in the, recently or 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 apparently in perpetuity any uh inmate at Ipsilanti State uh who went by the name Jeff uh or at least a government name Jeff. Mm-hmm. So whoever Chef Jeff is or was they're really uh hiding him away any evidence that he existed is now gone uh i think what they're looking to do is push you further and further into an unstable state they said we're taking your legs from you now they're saying we're going to take your mind meanwhile chef jeff is over presumably uh on a nice island getaway having the time of his life with with uh you know the help of whoever might have aided him so of course for our listeners for our more astute listeners that is the bad news uh for the week steve do you think they're ready for the good news
1: Oh, well, I hope so, because uh, I, I suppose I could use it.
0: So last week, we talked a little bit about the potential for a prayers up spectacular for both Steve's now double amputee state, as well as my, uh, let's say a little more luxurious, a little more lavish uh, stay here sure. at Walla Walla State Penitentiary. Um, yeah. But we've gone ahead and uh, thanks to a, a, joint, uh, inf- you know, a joint incarceration uh, task force, between Ipsilanti State and, and uh, the Walla Walla Penitentiary, we have been afforded the opportunity to set up a uh, NFT collection. That's right, everyone, an oh. NFT collection for the David Foster Wallace from Gromit podcast. Uh, it turns out that we are not allowed the luxury of uh, Venmo payments or... or any loose cash being put on our books for, you know, commissary or, or for in, in Steve's case, maybe staying home to his family or legal fees as we try to fight- Business
1: opportunities.
0: Business opportunities as we try to fight, um, you know, the, this wrongdoing, this injustice, this grave injustice that's been committed against us. Uh, but we were allowed the opportunity to make NFTs. I suppose they uh, figure, you know, none of them mm-hmm. will sell. Mm-hmm. But what we've gone ahead and done is we set up a wallet. Uh, it is on openc.io uh this is not a bit this is our very real legal fee opportunity that we are relying on people to help fund our way out of prison uh currently we have a number of uh hand-drawn logos that steve has provided uh, of course he's i say hand-drawn he's holding the pencil in his mouth as he has no functional use of his arms and legs and uh, yeah. he's he's drawn a number of grommet head logos uh you know some concept art for our wb collaboration for tom and jerry uh, you know some, some concept images behind operation Greenland. And of course I have provided the wanted posters that we were able to, we were fortunate enough to mock up for chef Jeff. We have one in full color. We have one in sort of your classic grayscale. If you want to wheat paste it up around town, wherever you might live, we could always use help trying to find chef Jeff and, uh, and one in a much more menacing uh, threshold image, uh, not too dissimilar from like the uh, Obama campaign poster, but maybe a little more solemn, a little more menacing. And yeah, uh, mm. wow. And I think I speak for both of us when I say, anyone out there listening, if a man, and now the images of, of Chef Jeff are out there, I will include one, I'll include the link to the NFTs as well as a link to uh, an image of Chef Jeff in the episode description. If you see Chef Jeff, if you see a man who looks even remotely like Chef Jeff with the classic chef hat, do not approach him. I, I, I cannot impress upon our listeners the gravity of the situation. Do not Approach this man. Call the police. Do anything. Get the hell away from him. He is unstable. He has pushed Steve out a window, and he has made a mysterious escape from what is an otherwise maximum security state mental asylum. He is not to be trusted. Do not engage with him in any way, shape, or form. This is a dangerous man.
1: Let me put it this way: for those for those who think this isn't a very serious issue. Uh... A week and a half ago I had legs. You know, a week and a half ago I had arms and a week and a half ago I had skin. Now I have none. So
0: Chef Jeff robbed you of all those things.
1: Well, between the between the window and the acid burns and the and the, you know the homemade lobotomy and all all of these things, I'm effectively. Uh, I effectively encased in in uh, in uh, a tank uh, of, of ointment, healing yeah. ointment. Yeah. And I am. I mean, if if you stand me up, I am effectively uh, two feet tall because I have. There's nothing left of me. Yeah. I mean, so she- basically, what I what I have is from about from my eyebrows to my to my uh, rib cage. That's about all I have left. So yeah. I've, I've lost the entire lower half of my body, my arms and and the top of my head. Yeah. So
0: yeah, I mean, look, uh, Chef Jeff just basically, basically walked in and saw you, you know, a little over a week ago now, uh, saw you in in peak physical condition and mental health. And he said, he said, you know, looks like a supermarket sweep to me. He said, I'm I'm going master chef junior, uh, all over Steve's legs, uh, mental state and skin. Uh, and of course, you know, for our listeners out there, I don't want to be, I don't want to be too macabre. I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. I mean, this brings me no satisfaction, but of course, uh, so with some of my connections in the Latin Kings, we've established a network on the outside to uh, hopefully bring chef Jeff to justice. And we're, you know, uh, anywhere we have, uh, gang members, anywhere there are Latin Kings, we have a lookout. Uh, available and we are keeping our eyes peeled for chef Jeff. And of course this is because some very solemn news came across my desk earlier in the week was, was slid under my cell door an anonymous tip. Uh, Steve, I'm sure you've been made aware of this already, and I'm sure you were trying to be yes. strong, be strong for me by not telling me, but I have received word that you are slated to be encased in uh, carbonite. And, uh, I just don't know how the podcast will survive if you're being wheeled around willy nilly, uh, in a solid state block.
1: Well, it is it is difficult. Yes, the plan is to uh, effectively uh, freeze me for the foreseeable future and uh, bring me back as a circus performer, effectively in in the some some dystopian future.
0: Right. Well, because they
1: uh, said they I mean, will I... plan an operation that will. That will extend extend my body to the size of a normal man's, yep. Uh, though with wires and stainless steel, right. And uh, I will be half man, half android, right. And that is the plan. And they've they they are planning to, as I said, uh, remove the remove the speaking part of my brain and remove the reading and comprehension part of my brain. So so I will effectively be. Uh, useful only for performing two things, as, uh, as what I'm told, and that is juggling, uh, three-part three juggle and a tightrope walk. And those are the things I will be programmed to do. Uh, minimum of 20 years, I will be frozen, and then I will be a tightrope juggler for the Dystopian Future Circus.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for our listeners out there who recognize this procedure, uh, that's right, they are going to be performing a grommetotomy on Steve. It's sort of a, an experimental feature or experiment, experimental surgery, excuse me, that, uh, you know, is just now recently been taught in some schools, kind of a method, um, notorious, if you will. Uh, it's come to our attention that we have some overzealous surgeons and, and, uh, and on-site medical staff over at Ypsilanti State that are looking to, in addition to elongating Steve's body, you know, make him more of an android. You know, you talk about juggling, there will be a third function which is uh looking directly into the camera sort of the classic office gym face not too dissimilar from gromit you know confused by wallace's actions and uh and uh they will be extending his ears that's right everyone they will be extending his ears they will be pigment dyeing his skin uh and giving him that classic button nose that we all know so well and uh from what i understand they came to you and said you know you want to be a gromit head you know your wish is our command and uh all i can say is steve we got to get you out of there before it's too late
1: Yes, I am slated to be Android Gromit. Uh, as, as, as you all know, currently, I do have no legs and I, I have no ears. And I will be getting prosthetic ears, prosthetic dog ears pasted onto my body, as well as a very short uh, sort of stubby foot uh, dog body. Uh, and I will be half man, half dog, half Android. Yeah. Three, halves, three halves does not equal one whole in fact, three halves equals, uh, a broken man.
0: And for all our listeners, uh, of course, after the 20 year period, while we wait for, uh, Steve to be frozen from the carbonite. And I guess while I wait out my incarceration, uh, the podcast will of course have to be changed from David Foster Wallace and Gromit to David Foster Wallace, Android Gromit. The DFWAG can stay the same, thankfully, uh, for licensing and LLC purposes, but, uh, we will never be the same. And uh, again, once more, we have uh, the Open OpenSea.io uh, NFT wallet. The collection is, uh, I believe, just David Foster Wallace and Gromit podcast. Or I believe it's the David Foster Wallace and Gromit Bail Fund. Um, in order to set it up, they, they try to verify your Ethereum wallet with an $80 charge. I did not do the $80 charge. So currently, there's no price listed. Um, offer whatever. I understand that, uh, you know, the decimal system is kind of difficult. Originally, I tried to list all these objects for half of one Ethereum token. I was not aware at the time that that's about $900. So if you want to just offer up a fraction of a fraction, I think the um, 5 to $10 range for any of these NFTs should be more than suitable. And uh, at the last time I checked, despite having not publicized them yet, each one has a few views already, which means that some very loyal and astute grommet heads out there have been uh, hoping that we do this and for everyone out there who's saying um oh nfts are a fad oh this is contributing to the uh overall cultural destruction of of uh art having um let's say cultural value uh meaning you know this is this is fascistic it's form over function it's uh it's uh you know a, a technological uh despondent state and uh yeah obviously obviously it's all those things but It's what the warden has allowed us. And, uh, it's all the only option we have. We're not happy about it. No one's happy about it, but chef Jeff is on the loose and we got to get the fuck out of here. That's the facts of the matter. Okay. Look, I don't want to yell. I don't want to yell at the listeners. Okay. But, but the cafeteria here put me on a a new BCAA stack and I'm feeling hot. Okay. I've been doing dips in my, I've been doing dips in my cell all morning. I've been doing pull-ups in the yard all night. Okay. And I got to get out of here. I'm looking ripped up like Rambo. I'm looking like Max Cady. I'm looking like Robert De Niro in Cape Fear. I'm doing dips on a big stack of books. I'm strengthening my mind. I'm hardening my body. And now I need to bolster my wallet. All right. So everyone out there, please shoot us an email. David Foster at gmail.com. Give us that five-star rating on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe on all these platforms and go check out our NFT before it's too late.
1: <laughs> well, I will say I'm looking more like Bob De Niro in the new Tom and Jerry film. Uh, in terms of uh, Bob De Niro is the voice of a toaster. Yeah. Uh, let yep. me clarify as well. Um, yep. My thoughts on the NFT uh, crisis. I will say that, that that might be confusing to some of the residents at Ypsilanti State, because for, for us, at least for those of us in the, in the uh, solitary block, uh, NFT is No Food Tuesdays. So we, we aren't fed. On Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I just want to clarify that for the Ypsilanti, for the Ypsilanti gang, because I right. know some of them are listening. NFT does not mean no food Tuesday. It's referring to something else. So
0: Right. Yeah. And for all of our, I mean, obviously <clears throat> we hold the Guinness Book of World Records record for uh, you know, most incarcerated fans of a podcast. So for all of our all of our listeners out there in their respective pens or in our uh, the pen walla walla state penitentiary uh yeah nft stands for non-fungible token not uh not fun time uh many people understand it as no food tuesdays not fun time uh regarding the prison system and, and sort of our general incarceration no it stands for a non-fungible token this is a this is a piece of digital i dare say artwork but realistically content this is a jpeg that you buy with a a, a blockchain token this is uh the new hell that we live in but it's the only way to get us out of prison. Uh, and well, if it's not you, the hell that I live in. That's fair. You have a very specific and unique situation that you found yourself in.
1: Frankly, uh, N- NFT sounds sounds to me more like heaven. Because in the NFT world, maybe I would still have legs.
0: Yeah, so any any daring concept artists out there, if they want to mock up a quick sketch of Steve with legs, maybe for just his benefit, maybe, maybe legs with like a, a nice pack of jay beans in his hand and uh and a, a large panama hat if you wouldn't mind mocking that up and we'd go ahead and put that up in the wallet as well as an nft uh, i would like some
1: smart work that uh, re- reminisces the old days the good old days of the two of us shaking hands with dr david del monte the two of us shaking hands with skin mm-hmm. uh, shaking hands with damon money
0: chiquita uh, banana
1: back when back when we used to Work for, work with Monsanto, and all of our all of our dear dear friends at the Dr. David Del Monte Food Corporation.
0: Yeah, actually, a all fan, of our friends uh,
1: that have helped us throughout the the years. I will say, yeah. for example, Abner Abdil Yeah. For example, Muhammad. Muhammad. The simple, the simple, the simple lifestyle, where we could just make connections and frankly frankly that's that's lost and it will be lost forever very soon yep yep and uh and so i i just i reminisce i i hope for some artwork that can that can remind me of of the wonderful times that existed uh that don't exist anymore so
0: it's essential look uh for everyone out there you know they know they know just as well as we do you know art art can uh can save the world, can cure all, you know, and yeah. uh, I think this, this experience, this, uh, this incarceration has really allowed me to open up my third eye wider than I ever have before.
1: Um, uh, right. Yeah, yeah, I was reading a book the other day, or rather listening to an audiobook the other day by Dr. Uh, Dr. Sigmund Freud, and, uh, and it was titled Life Imitates Art, and uh-huh. Art Imitates Life. Yeah, that's something I've I've really spent a lot of time thinking about yeah wow is that
0: powerful powerful is
1: you know is is my life just a just a piece of art or is or is a piece of art your life just my life
0: yeah yeah I mean and look then, I uh you know Gary for my birthday he said you know he knew I was having a hard time and he uh he pulled some strings he, he got me a little gift for my birthday you know i'm sitting in my cell and I'm, I'm opening it up and uh and what do i see if not our david foster wallace and Gromit monsanto funko collaboration and um just seeing wow. seeing that classic Ooh. funko you know it's it's you know the one he, look, Am I know in it? no it's the it's the because you know we had a run of five it's the one with uh it's me but with the big uh chiquita banana a uh, hat the big the big oh. yeah Right. Are there any of those that I'm in?
1: Have they sent you any ones that I'm where I have? I'm a character. I don't have. have, I have a a, maybe. Do I have a bobblehead? Have they made a bobblehead of me yet?
0: No bobblehead. I have the full run here at or at you know at home uh, with Ashley currently. Uh, I believe yours of the Monsanto collaboration, not of our royal family collaboration or the Doctor Who collaboration with the Monsanto one, I believe it's sort of a classic, uh, like leprechaun style pot of gold, a big cauldron, but full of jelly beans. And it's you poking your head out and and leaning, leaning on your elbow kind of whimsically, as if to say- Do I have legs in that one? The legs are not visible, but I believe there are two feet kicked out the bottom as if you've been so excited by being in that cauldron of jelly beans that they just punctured the cauldron and you just got two little feet poking out like like you've cracked out of a shell.
1: This sounds like the life I once lived. Yeah.
0: I mean, look for our listeners out there, we've come a long way from, from what, I mean, you know, way back thinking to, uh, you know, a lot of tipple, tipple talk, coffee talk. Look, This has offered us a time of great reflection, tipple talk, coffee talk, Jay beans. Um, this used to be a very beverage focused podcast. We talk about Jimmy Buffett's land shark lager, talk about our various trips to Margaritaville and our, and our aspirations around the, the Florida Keys talking about, um, Oh, geez. I mean, I mean, myriad collaborations. And
1: uh, yeah, I mean, it's just crazy to think that this was once the number one podcast in the world. And now it's number one among inmates prison. Now it's number one prison podcast,
0: which, again, very thankful for the new market share that we're able to uh, that we were able to capture. But um, let's put it this way. Uh, a captive audience in this capacity maybe no audience is all you know we once had people we had millions of people around the world reading our weekly selection alongside us eager to discuss infinite jest now we have people reading because there is simply nothing else to do to pass their 25 to life sentence and um you know it's an audience but
1: uh there are hundreds of people on earth and almost all of them listen to our podcast, if you can believe that, and that's just something I think about when I remind myself, uh, you know, why, 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 why is it that we do what we do? And and I just think about the hundreds upon millions upon billions, even uh, people who have listened to this podcast, who have, who have sent us emails, have really connected. And it's the family, you know. That's why we do it. That's that's what that's what this is all about. So today we're uh, we're discussing good country people, which is sort of sort of a a tale about tale about life, a tale about learning. Yep, a tale not too dissimilar from uh, from our own experience. Our own.
0: That's indeed
1: in in life. And uh, say it. And uh, you know, I got to tell you, this one, this one really hits home because, mm-hmm. because it, it deals with it deals with uh, the harm that we, can, that we can cause to people. But also it deals with really the salt of the earth. And that's what I appreciate about life and about the world.
0: I mean, I think we're we have learned a very important lesson about um, trust, trust and uh, expectation and uh, deception, and I think that that right. goes very well with what we've read this week. Now, Steve, last week you you made a point of mentioning how Flannery O'Connor might just be your favorite author. I wanna I wanna hear you do a little synopsis of Good Country People. I want you to take the reins on this. Let the people know what's going on.
1: Understood. Well, when I had legs, I was able to to walk those with, those with those with legs shall walk is is what it, the good book says the old proverb those, those with legs shall walk and i and i did and i used to walk through the countryside and i would observe the farms and observe the lifestyle and i would say you know the hard workers that's the salt of the earth and that's the theme that we're dealing with today in Good Country People. Flannery O'Connor's classic short story begins uh, with the description of a family, a very simple family, uh, a divorcee and her daughter and her uh, housekeeper, effectively. Yeah. Yeah. These three ladies live in this, on, the, on a plot of land, let's say, uh, in the countryside. And uh, and though though it's unclear whether or not they're from the countryside, it seems that the mother is a bit more, maybe she's lived in the city before, but she really appreciates and admires the those in the countryside, the life of simple, working, hardworking, perhaps. Uh, kind of the gears that keep society turning, the farmers, let's say, and the field workers and such. And these people are the salt of the earth to her. So effectively, what we get is a, is a depiction of her daughter, who is an older daughter to be living in the house. She's thirty two years old, which for the setting and the time, you know, fifties Georgia, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, is odd or unusual in a way. And so these three ladies, the housekeeper and the mother and her daughter live there and uh, it describes them and their lifestyle. And the daughter is also in her singularity, let's say, is also noteworthy for her educational background and her state of belief. And that is to say that she's a very well educated uh, PhD in philosophy and uh, and uh, very very vehemently atheist yes so that's 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 kind of the the unusual thing for the setting in the time period you know this is a very religious, Uh, religiously oriented oh and I should add the PhD is in philosophy so it's not it's not necessarily the educational status but more so what it's in and what it's used for and what it's used to depict right it's used to depict someone who's very or considers themselves very advanced in how they see the world so she's very um She's very open in how she sees the world, so much as trivial, so much as trite, so much as useless. Right. right. That's that's, she's, that's the essence.
0: She's really gone about weaponizing this degree against her mother, spitefully. Because sure. she, she right. notably uh, lost her leg at a young age in a, in a hunting accident. Yeah, that's also has,
1: important.
0: Yeah, and has since believed herself. I not can s- sympathize with. Not too dissimilar from the, the lighthouse keeper's daughter in The Sound of Waves, believes herself to be so uh, repellent that with, with the, without the leg and, uh, you know, the sort of homebody lifestyle she's come to embody that upon escaping, she renames herself, gives herself uh, the name Holga, and, uh, and comes back with this sort of knowledge, this weaponized, atheism weaponized, uh, philosophical nihilism, against her mother, who is this sort of, uh, you know, famously
1: classically religious,
0: classically religious, you know, firmly believes in the salt of the earth kind of people around her, very trusting, very kind of uh, patient and, and, accepting of those around her, despite kind of the contemptuous relationship she's developed with her housekeeper and some of the little platitudes that they exchange. This is someone who in a certain way, despite their leanings toward leanings towards, excuse me, the, uh, the good country people around them, Feels detached from it, has this air of superiority, of of superiority through, I guess, sympathy and and understanding, as she would have it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so the story continues when a Bible salesman Mm -hmm. knocks on their door, and the mother, of course, notes that uh, they don't have a Bible in their living room because her daughter won't let her, so she keeps it by her bed. That's, I guess, an important, an important piece. And this Bible salesman, uh, Manly Pointer, is his name.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it might be it might be Pointier.
1: Oh, right. It uh, could, yes. could very well be Point Pointier. pointier. Okay, Manly he's, Pointier. He's coming.
0: He's coming in from that George or heat.
1: Well, right. Mm-hmm. As 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 we all wish we 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 were. Uh, in terms of having legs.
0: In terms of able. having legs, climbing up the stoop, lugging around sure. the Bible case, you
1: know. Sure. So so he visits the house, and they have him for dinner, basically. So the mom is very, very happy to have, a, let's say, a similar figure in the house. And her well, daughter, of yeah. course, is very curt and cold.
0: The mother's all too accommodating and uh, kind of... Um, patronizing of this person she believes to be a country a good country person you know a good like kind of a simpleton she does there's this air of superiority where she understands like oh you know he's look. how can i say no look he's just going door to door with the bible's gotta have men for dinner what am i supposed to say and it's like you know you kind of realize sure. it's, it's beyond being trusting and accommodating it's this sort of feeling of Oh, it's, it, you know, it's my duty as someone of, uh, it's an obligation. it's an obligation of, as someone of means and, you know, someone who's, whose daughter is highly sure. intelligent. There's the, maybe understanding that she herself is of some kind of, uh, potential education or, or at least of means in a way that elevates her. She has the housekeeper, you know, that she kind of, again, offers these empty platitudes to, but, right. uh, but no, so the, the Bible salesman comes on and kind of inserts himself into their life. Uh, and the last we see in this sort of uh, what's the word like parabolic narrative is the uh, the introduction of of uh, Hel- of Holga and the salesman in a little private conversation they've shared out in the step.
1: You know. Right. And we don't know exactly what was said, but we find out later that they are going on a picnic, effectively. So they go on a picnic and it's very, it's depicted very, uh, yeah, very awkwardly. You know, he's, he's coy and she's brash and direct. And so, and things get, things get hot and heavy and they find a barn to hang out in and they're uh, smooching and such. I mean,
0: maybe a barn, maybe a pigsty for all that porking. They're rolling around in the trough or so or so or so we are maybe led to believe or so maybe he would want us to believe
1: right right I'm having a romp in the uh, romp in the hay
0: a little romp a little rumpus
1: right <laughs> a little romp a little rumpus
0: how about good country folk talk about good country rumpus that's what the story ought to be
1: called <laughs> slinging around the slop as oh, they say boy. in yeah. georgia <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, just dabbing his only, forehead with a handkerchief. You sling around the yeah. swamp
1: here just in Georgia. A,
0: a balmy July day here in the swamp.
1: <laughs> Welcome to the swamp. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, anyways, that. that's, that's the situation. And again, he's kind of coy and shy and like, you know, he tells her I love you and she won't say it because she doesn't let her feelings go. And it should also be mentioned that That before they go on the picnic, she it does go back and discuss how she was uh, thinking the night before about uh, trying about seducing him uh, for the kicks, right? To kind of prove uh, how how to describe it. Because well, he, she...
0: Yeah, she imagined him to be high, a highly religious figure and she wanted to prove that she could seduce him despite his religious leanings, despite his sort of uh, yeah, yeah. Christian asceticism. To kind and of then,
1: to kind of yeah. get him, you know, gotcha. You know, yeah, got and it.
0: then, I mean, him...
1: Because she thought very low. She was thinking very low and, you know, he's stupid.
0: Well, I mean, and you know, up until the final simpletons. moments. Yeah, up until well, the right, final I'm getting, moments. I'm getting to that. Well, no, I was just going to say, based on the I love you thing, she's still... When she's refusing to say I love you, she's still under the assumption that he has he is right. he is so simple you know he is so he's yeah, such he's a so peon simple. that he's, he's just... that he really fell for her and her with her her cosmopolitan beliefs going oh no I'm not going to throw that around because it's not you know come on you know I, I haven't fallen for you not yeah, fully aware so, of the developing situation
1: so he he you know he's all they're getting intimate and as uh, as a way of being intimate he asks her to take off her prosthetic leg and show him Rotted. where show <laughs> I guess so. And show him show him, you know, where it uh where like how much of her leg is missing, basically, like where it cuts off and how it's cut off at the knee. They were yeah. talking about that. And uh, and she also, because he was playing like or he was he was he playing said something doctor. like, Oh, well, you don't uh, well then you don't love me or something like that. And right, she said. Right. Well, no, no, it, you know, it's okay to make him feel better because then she starts sympathizing. It's no longer he's a dumb simpleton, but like, maybe, hey, maybe I should be a little nice to this guy. I don't want to, you know, maybe this is something she starts in, in her mind, we get from her perspective, she starts kind of softening up, let's say. And, uh, and so he, he, uh, he takes off her, her prosthetic leg and puts it aside and then Reaches for his Bible to, you know, maybe have an intimate squ- scripture reading and and such, and pulls out uh, flask and uh, and some inappropriate some pictures. lewd playing cards. So, yeah, some lewd playing cards and some paraphernalia. Let's call it.
0: Let's call it a little, uh, maybe a little prophylactic.
1: Prophylactic paraphernalia, etc., and uh, and then. And then uh, says, you know, hey, let's let's have some fun. And she says, whoa, 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 th- you know, this isn't, this wasn't my thought. And he yeah. says, you know, oh, you think you're, you know, you think you're the only smart one around here, don't exactly,
0: you? exactly.
1: And she goes, well, okay, you know, give me, hey, give me back my leg. I'm not going to be doing that. And he, he's basically what it comes down to is, as it turns out, he collects prosthetics. Yeah. <laughs> he's a he's a prosthetics collector talking about he's he has like a collection of like prosthetic hands and prosthetic eyes and whatever else
0: he's like i did this to a woman just last week and he's like and good luck he said good luck finding me i use a different name every time and what we're supposed to understand with how I think my real name is manly pointer yeah with how light because they make a point of of remarking on how light the uh the carrying case is this second day and you become aware that there's never been a load of Bibles. And it. it's been the same two Bibles, both times, one hollowed out full of, full of the flask and condoms and whatever. And one that's just a regular Bible in case of a sale. And he's just lugging around this empty case saying a little money here, a prosthetic limb there.
1: Yeah. It is a very, very good story. Yeah. It's great. Very funny. Towards well, hold on, and, end as well.
0: But the ending, yeah, the ending.
1: Yeah. The ending of course is, is, uh, him him them, them. the let me clarify the the mom and the and the the housekeeper uh seeing him walking by back uh out the window discussing how uh good country people they're the salt of the earth
0: yeah saying oh he must have just cut through the the farm over to you know so-and-so's oh he's making his way and uh and there's this nice, there's a good line where she yeah, the early the line, I can't remember it. Well, because early in the beginning, she, she remarks on how her housekeeper, uh, you know, in, insists on being right about everything. It's one of the, it's <laughs> one of the many ways in which the, 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 the mother inserts herself in this superiority role, where she can say one of these platitudes and the housekeeper will always say, oh, what, you know, just as I've always said it myself, you know, is, is addicted in this situation to being right, is obsessed with yeah. being right as well. And if she doesn't have anything to say, it's sort of this like cold, cold empty gaze. So when the mother is remarking on, you know, oh, there's, there he goes, cutting through the field, just, hey, what do I always say about, you know, good salt of the earth country people? Can't, you know, can't go wrong on and on. And then the housekeeper just kind of halfway looking out at you no, know, looking back and saying, you know, I couldn't say so, you know, couldn't say it better myself, you know, on and on. It's always just the same sort of empty agreeance. And meanwhile, her daughter just dazed up in the rafters of some barn uh maybe able to crawl her way home <laughs> maybe left maybe just left for dead <laughs> yeah. and uh and he's on his way to get another prosthetic it's good who would you who would you say this uh who would you say this book is for i'd say this kind of book is for um or short story i guess
1: i mean this is uh, i would say this is less like us the southern gothic i mean there's some symbolism it's not as it's not as uh it's not as brooding as some, right. as some of Flannery O'Connor's classics. Uh, but this is, still one, this is still one of Flannery O'Connor's classics, in my opinion. Don't get me wrong. It's just not as, it's not as brooding. It's not quite as directly dark. Uh, it's, but it still leaves you with that same something to think about. So I would say this is for people who more want something kind of light in a way. I mean, it is, it's I mean, tough yeah. It's tough because we've given it away <laughs> right sure, we've given but, away you know. kind of that key ending moment where it's like wait what
0: well the listeners are supposed to it's read funny. along There
1: there's something yeah that's true yeah but there's something so funny about like oh no this guy just collects prosthetics <laughs> yeah it's a nice he's a it's, it's a good so cool. character what i like it's, is that it's, so it's um goofy about it where you don't you have no idea it's coming yeah, and it's not like a jump scare or like a plot twist. Well, it it's more spooky. just Yeah, I guess so, but it's more like yeah, I probably should have seen that coming, but also he collects prosthetics? Who the heck is this guy? I think it's There's a good something criticism funny about it. You know? It's a
0: good criticism of the era and kind of the the secularization yeah. of this era because you have uh you know, this person who is of like a I'd say, you know, well off, a person of means um you know, with the education and, and the sort of, I think in tandem with that education and philosophy, the, the necessity to adopt some kind of more pessimistic or more nihilistic uh, worldview when talking about, she's always talking about the self and when she regards religion. And uh, I think it's interesting how it's both critical of that kind of empty secularism of someone who might just be too well-read for their own good. And through that education is unable it has find themselves detached from real humanity, which in this case, and more often than not in reality, is much more, uh, you know, dark and upsetting than the sort of chamber <laughs> drama that an education of that sort would lead you to believe. And, uh, and then also at the same time, very critical of religion at that point in time, uh, in, a, in a growing secular age yeah. of, of younger people who have also come to adopt a sort of heritage religious, uh, re- religiosity or, or a religious <laughs> angle, uh, maybe understanding that they too, in the real world influenced by uh, the cosmopolitan lifestyle, the, the secularism of the age, um, you know, uh, an American South that is developing in tandem with the North, you know, that, that is moving away from the farm lifestyle, from the country lifestyle. Um, sure. But then also the ways in which religion has historically been used for manipulation and for um, uh, pacification, you know, and, and the sure. ways in which that's tied to the country aesthetic and tied to the Southern mentality. I think it's a it's a very like uh, it's it sounds like a joke to say, but it's like a very scathing critique of that sort of uh, developing duality of the American South,
1: of of uh, a
0: generational divide.
1: Yeah, and and it's a critique of of both simultaneously in different ways because it's it's you know both the well educated. Uh, nihilistic character and the and the um and the the faithful let's say yeah were were blinded by the exact same visage of modern innocent depiction of religion
0: mm-hmm the sort of naivete attached right. to, so it's, to
1: religion or he, youth. He takes advantage of, right? So he's, uh, let's say the evil character taking advantage of what he knows to be two poles of effectively the same naivety. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's kind of the interesting critique is it's two, it, it, you know, in a popularized sense two wildly different worldviews falling falling flat effectively to the same tactic. Right. And well, that's it's, it's that's a, what I find yeah. interesting because that's maybe how it becomes applicable in the long run. Right? It all I, I agree with what you said about mm-hmm. the the changing south and and Uh, how it is it is likely a cultural critique of the time right she Mm -hmm. flannery o'connor probably couldn't see into the future but you don't know probably she probably in any case lived with an understanding because she yeah because of a lot of her books who lived with an understanding that that these these kind of problems are likely cyclical and we we, and they will never go away yeah Uh, people will always falsely trust and and those who are able will take advantage of that and we will always have this this battle I suppose under the under the guise of or through the lens of a religious perspective you can kind of goof on both sides and vice versa yeah yeah I mean what I so long as we're so long as we're uh, just so long as we're blatantly, uh, blatantly decisive about things we don't actually know, mm-hmm. perhaps the more vulnerable we are to mm. being goofed on. Yeah. well, look, by, that, I mean, in, uh, by that which we can't predict.
0: In, in contemporary society, they always talk about how uh, with those like phone scams it's always someone uh, from a more educated background who's willing to fall for it because it's someone from a more educated background who's maybe uh, trying to, you know, like one of those ones where it's like, oh, I'm, I'm with the IRS and, you know, you owe this amount, blah, 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 one of those like phishing scams. They always said someone who's uh, more intelligent is likely to fall for it because you're trying to kind of like facts and logic your way out of it. You're thinking, oh, you, surely this isn't real, but maybe they have just the right information and you're kind of taught to protect yourself online and your information stuff. So you kind of try to whittle your way out of it or think oh you know I, maybe ooh, maybe that did happen as opposed to someone maybe of uh, of, of less means or, or less involvement or, or even just someone who's less well educated getting that kind of call and just being like you know eat my butt and walking away but i like what you said about this being you know the the bible salesman is sort of like a proxy for a, an evil character and i think that there this is a story very much so devoid of good and evil but featuring four distinctly antisocial people with different perspectives on how uh their antisocial behavior affects or benefits them. And I think in the case mm. of of uh of our two leads here, it's uh it's the difference between an external and internal uh source of motivation. You know, Hel Holga's very motivated by her own intelligence and her own perspective on herself or her perception of herself as it pertains to her ideas of intelligence or, or like social strata of commonality with others, how that affects her conversations on religion. Whereas this little dang boy understands full well that his sort of antisocial behavior, his conniving ways are going to benefit him the most when it comes to, there's a little money to be made. There's a little prosthetic limb to pick up, you know, it's time, it's time that I get out there and start making these moves, Uh, but still facing the same reality of, you know, you, we're not all dopes. (laughs) We're not all dopes. Um, Anyway, look, I, it looks like we ran pretty long. I'm getting the, you know, I'm getting the sign here from the warden. Uh, What are we going to be reading next week?
1: Next week, we're going to stick with, uh, with Flynn. And we're going to give Parker's back a try. Should be a bit more of a slow burn, uh, slow burn, uh, Southern Gothic. Flannery O'Connor story, a bit more classical, but maybe not. I don't want to say classic, a bit more stereotypical. Archetypal. What what Flannery O'Connor is known for. Sure. Right. Sure. Uh, We're going to get into the weeds with one of those. (laughs) What do you think of that?
0: Can't wait. Look, I know all our listeners are chomping at the bit. Everyone here in the prison with me, chomping at the bit. We're going to be, look, there's going to be a, Oh, get out are, there find the
1: pdf online parker's back just google it parker's back pdf it's a short story read it come on
0: people are going to be rushing the the prison library saying i need you know i need i need it i need it uh it looks like this week we didn't get a chance to talk about infinite jess, unfortunately uh but we will be back next week of course to discuss it and uh and some other you know external media related to of course the career and life of david foster wallace and uh, some of our critiques um of course, as always, choose an email, David Foster Wallace, and Grumman at gmail.com. Uh, find us on, uh, on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Be sure to give us a five-star review. Leave us a rating. Uh, we need it now more than ever to boost our spirits, keep our morale high in this trying time. Um, and uh, and of course, you know, in the, in the description, I'll include a link to the NFT catalog or collection or what have you, our bail fund. And uh, we'd love to see people engage with that and just uh, let us know what you think. I think it's uh, not too far outside the of possibility as well that in the foreseeable future, there will be a a short supply run of Chef Jeff, uh, maybe t-shirt, sweatshirt, tote bag, what have you, mm-hmm. with, the, All the above. with the included Chef Jeff graphic. Of course, that too will be in the description. And uh, I guess until then, you know, prayers up for us here in our uh, incarcerated states. And uh, let's hope we can. Let's hope we can make a little prison break here before Steve gets frozen in carbonite.
1: Yeah. And guys, just before we leave, I do want to say, you know, stay on the alert chef watch 2021. Yeah. Chef, chef watch. Jeff is on the loose. Please yep. call uh, our hotline or shoot us an email or uh, yeah. Call the hotline 1-800-CHEF-JEFF and the Jeff is with only one F Yep, 1-800-CHEF-JEFF with one F. Please call the hotline uh, if you have if we have any chef Jeff sightings uh, in any country anywhere on the world. Um, please do not approach; he's very dangerous. Yep, and uh, we appreciate your vigilance and your uh, attention. Thank you.
0: Goodbye.